Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. Now I was getting into that, I thought there was more singing. Wasn't that great? Can you say amen to to that? Don't we serve a great God? Say amen to that. What a wonderful, wonderful time. Hey, when I was a kid, my mother used to say this to me. She used to say, David, if you keep putting salt on your food, you're going to die of hardening of the arteries. She said that to me over and over. It didn't matter if I was eating eggs. It didn't matter if I was eating steak. And we didn't have that very often. Didn't matter if I was having chili. Didn't matter if we were eating chicken. David, if you keep putting that much salt on the food, you're going to die of hardening of the arteries. I thought, I went off to college. I didn't hear that all through college. And I thought, that's great because my mom wasn't there. And I thought, man, I can eat whatever I want to. Mom's not going to say anything. Then I got married. And after I got married, we went to, uh, we, uh, we w- went on our honeymoon, we came back from the honeymoon, and our first meal in our new apartment, I sat down, I thought this is going to be great, we're in an apartment, we're married, we're all alone, and, and we sat down, and I got the salt shaker, and I started shaking, and my wife looked at me and said, David, <laughs> if you keep eating that much salt, you're going to die of hardening of the arteries. I thought, okay, God, I'll take your message here. So, uh, Salt. I, I, I love the passage that we're going to be in today. We're going to be in Mark, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. But in this passage, Jesus said this. <laughs> Jesus says, salt is good. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I thank, I thank the Lord for that. He says, he, he has talked now. Jesus has, 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 with a group of people, remember, these people have our people who were poor. These were people that needed comfort. These were people that had, uh, that had their land taken away from them. They were people who were hungry and thirsty. They were people who needed mercy. They were people who were persecuted. And Jesus has said, look, get happy. Don't get happy because of the condition you're in. But he said, listen, you need to be happy because of the position you hold. He said, you're poor in spirit, but yours is the kingdom of heaven. He said, you're mourning, but God's going to comfort you. He said, you're meek, and, and because of that, you're going to inherit the land. God, if you, when you're meek before God, God gives you what he's promised. He said, if you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, be happy because you're going to be filled. He said, if, if, if you're merciful, be happy because you're going to obtain mercy. He said, if you're pure in heart, you're going to see God. He said, if you're a peacemaker, they're going to call you children of God. So be happy. And then he said, if you're persecuted for righteousness' sake, be happy because great is your reward in heaven. They persecuted the prophets. They're going to persecute you. Paul said, it doesn't, he said, all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I left you on this planet. You are here. I, I, you are here to be what God has called you to be. So be happy about it. You are a representative of God. Now he continues that thought 
by telling us what he says in verse 13. In verse 13, he says three things. He says, he says, he starts with to talk about three things. He talks about salt, he talks about light, and he talks about law. He says, he says, you are the salt of the earth. This is Jesus speaking. He says, ye are the salt of the earth. He did not say, you're going to become salt. He said, you are salt. You are salt. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of man. He goes on to say, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. That's a reference to Jesus or to Jerusalem being set up on a hill. It's a city up on a hill in Israel. So as you're approaching, you can't hide. It's there. It's, it's there for everyone to see. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do uh, men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick that it might give light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So he tells us we are salt. He tells us we are light. And then he says this. Don't think, in reference to that, he says, don't think that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. A jot is the smallest, a tittle are the two smallest uh, letters or, or parts of a letter that are in the, the Hebrew uh, language. He says not one jot, not one tittle. It's like saying not one dot or one cross of a T is gonna, is gonna pass away from the law. It, it, is, it is going to be around until we get to heaven. Whosoever therefore, he says, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Well, wait a minute, I thought we were past the law. I thought we didn't have to obey the law. But here, Jesus says, listen, I'm not come to destroy the law. I'm come to fulfill the law, and I'm here, and you need to understand, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, teach people the law and obey the law. And he says, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you need to obey the law and keep the law. That's what you need to do. Then he says, for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. Three big topics, salt, light, and the law. We're going to look at that this morning. Father, we pray you teach us from your word. I pray you'll help me, Father, communicate to your children here just as Jesus taught us on that day on the hillside, help us to learn from him today. Father, through your Holy Spirit, teach us what it means to be salt, what it means to be light. And may we commit to be salt and light. And may we be, be committed not to trust the law for salvation, but to, to fulfill, allow you to fulfill the law through our lives. 
so we can shine for your glory. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You are salt. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. He's talking to these people who, again, came from all around to hear him preach. He's speaking to them, and he's saying, you are salt. You are salt. They, they would think, well, we're poor. We're, we're, we're mourning. We're, we're persecuted. No, he said, you're having an impact. You are having an impact. I, when I think of Liberty Baptist Church, when I think about us together, I want you to understand, Jesus would say the same thing to us. Don't be thinking you're nothing. You are salt. God is using you. God is using you as individuals. God is using you in the church. God is using you around this country. God is using you around the world to be salt. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus said. I, I was thinking about salt this morning, and, and I, I, I picked up this salt shaker. I want to show you something. I'm, I'm going to try and get out of there. There you go. I wanted to show you salt. There it is. Isn't that impressive? Look at that. That's, that's, a, that's one little piece of salt. I mean, that's just it. And Jesus said, you are salt. Well, that's not much. That's not much. You, you can't even see that piece of salt. It's just little. It's tiny. I'm, it doesn't, it, you don't, it doesn't. Much. And, and you know what? By itself, it really isn't a whole lot. If I asked you, could I have some salt for my steak? And you said, here. I wouldn't be too impressed. You are salt. Here's the deal. He's talking to all of them. He's talking to the entire crowd. He's saying to them, look, you need to understand that you're salt. See, you can't see that, but you know what? If you just salt and salt, a whole lot of shaking going on here. If, you, if you're salt, if you're continually shaking that salt, more and more salt comes out. And you know what? Though you couldn't see that one piece of salt, you can see the salt. See that? You can see the salt. He, you, that salt has having an effect on this frying pan. My wife get, might get mad at me about this. Uh, this. That salt is very, very visible. You see, salt isn't intended to be one grain by itself. Salt is used together. Oftentimes we think, look, I have, I don't, I'm not, I don't do much. I mean, my, 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 um, my place is just so small. It's so insignificant. It's so tiny. Uh, but, but, but I want you to understand, you keep shaking the salt. You keep shaking the salt, and it gets piled up, and it gets up, and it gets up. You may not think that you're doing a whole lot or that you've done a whole lot, but I want you to understand that salt works together. And when you're shaking the salt shaker, it makes an impact. It makes an impact. Yesterday, I was, um, I was, I was invited to the 50th anniversary of Ironwood Camp. It's in Yermo, California. You say, where's Yermo? It's nowhere. You drive out in the middle of nowhere, and that's Yermo, and then you drive on a dirt road farther out in the middle of nowhere, and there's this place called Ironwood Camp. And we were, we were there. They were celebrating their 50th anniversary as a camp. I, I, I just, I loved, I love, I love Walt Brock and Betty. They started that camp 
God blessed them with some partners, and they put that thing together, and, and it's just been an amazing thing. I, I've watched it develop over the years and had an opportunity of speaking to Walt and Betty, uh, the founders of the camp, and, and just uh, rejoicing over some stories. And uh, I was thinking, man, look at what God's done. And so I, I went, I said, I want to, there was a, a presentation of the future of, um, of Ironwood Camp, and I walked in, and I listened to Sam Brock, Walt's son, talk about the future. And he told a story, an amazing story. I cannot go through all of it, but an amazing story how, how over the last year, God, through a, just some amazing circumstances, has given them $1.4 million worth of buildings and equipment and, and workers. And it's just, it's been an, it was an amazing story. And how one guy came in and saw a need and gave over $400,000 in stuff. And I thought, and, I, and you hear a story like that and you say, wow, that's just amazing, $400,000. But Bruce, I've never given $400,000 to anybody. But you know what I have done? I've given salt. I have been used as salt and when, I, when it comes to faith promise during, during the uh, June missions conference, when I make faith promise, it's never been $400,000. It's never been a million dollars. It's never been some great big giant contributions. And we've had some people that have come to this church and given big contributions. I had a guy give me a $50,000 check one time. I, it's amazing that some of the... But you know what? Steve, it's not those contributions that have made this church what it is. It's individual people that have taken their piece of salt and put it in, and another piece of salt that's put in, and another piece of salt that's put in. It's our little tiny pieces of salt together that change the color of the frying pan. Do you understand? It's one little piece of salt and another little piece of salt so that today I can stand up and say, and I stand in front of you and say, this church we have collectively given over $6 million, probably much more than that, in the last 30 years to missionaries around the world. And hundreds, literally hundreds of thousands of people have trusted Christ as Lord and Savior because you gave your salt and I gave my salt. and We gave our little pieces of salt. We were the individual salt that God used collectively to do the big thing. Listen, you need to understand, this church operates. There'll be over a thousand people here in services today. This church operates because there's people that are salt, that are teaching, that are doing, that are working, that are doing things behind the scenes, and God uses us collectively as salt. God wants us to understand that we just, that, 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 what you're doing is so important because we are the salt of the earth. And I'm telling you this, this church collectively has, um, has made an amazing impact in the lives of people all over this valley, and not just this valley, but around the country. I had a guy walk up to me yesterday when I was in Southern California. He said, I'm from Sacramento. He said, he looked, he walked by me and he saw my name tag. He said, huh. He said, you don't know me, but I know you. I said, 
really? He said, yeah. He said, you, you, you have impacted my life and my family. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, we listen to Tice Talks. And he said, we listen to it all, all the way through. He said, he said, he said you, you just have changed our family. Never met the guy in my life. But it wasn't me. It was you. Because if it wasn't for you, there would be no Tice Talks. Uh, what I'm telling you is this. You, you've been packing somebody in Sacramento that I never knew, and his son is in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, it's amazing what we do as salt. And God wants us to understand it's important that we, can, that, that we be the salt. Jesus, Jesus said, listen, you, you are the salt of the earth. And what does the salt do? Here's what salt does. Salt, first of all, it adds flavor to food. I like salt. Uh, if you hand me a steak with no salt on it, I'm thinking, what is this? You know, here, I'd rather, you know, have salt. So uh, you put salt on it, it adds flavor. It adds flavor. Christians should add flavor. Wherever you go, you should be the flavor of life. You really should. Here's why. God is living inside of you. He lives inside of you. And and, 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 and unlike the world, the world is trying to figure out several things. They're trying to figure out where they came from. They're trying to figure out why they're here. They're tr trying to figure out where they're going. And, and they're trying to figure out how it all came about. They, they don't know any of that. And so they, send, they spend millions and billions of dollars to send things out into outer space to find out where they came from, why they're here, where they're, they are trying, trying to figure out the mysteries of the universe, and you and I have the answer. Can you say amen to that? I know where I, I know why, why I'm here. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. I know how it all took place because I've got the God that lives inside of me, the, the, the creator of all of this. He lives inside of me, and so do you. That's why you're salt. You, you have, you know the truth. Listen, try to convince somebody that doesn't have salt inside of them, that's, that's not part of this, that they shouldn't kill their babies. The devil's already convinced them they should. Why do people want to kill their children? Why does a man want to live with a man as a wife? Why does a woman want to live married to another woman? Why? Because they don't have salt. They don't have truth. They don't, why do people do the crazy things they do? Why are they, because they don't have salt. You are the salt. That's why it's important that you speak truth. That's why it's important in our culture that we stand for truth and that we do it properly. You should enjoy life. You should be, you should live life more than anyone else in the world because he lives inside of you. Salt, salt adds flavor to food, but that's not all salt does. This is very important. Salt is a preserver. Salt is a preserver. Salt, salt protects from corruption. When I was 19 or 20 years old, I was working as a youth pastor in North Carolina. Now, I had not been familiar with Southern culture. Southern culture is different than any other place in the 
country. I mean, it's different. They do things differently. I mean, I, I, I had the privilege of living in a trailer next to another trailer. The trailer belonged to a man named Dewey Wall, and he was just a really neat, down-to-earth southern gentleman. He allowed me, as a broke youth pastor, to live in this trailer next to his that was, was uh, very uh, inexpensive. It was free. He let me stay there for free. So, um, he said, you can stay there, and that's where I stayed when I went down there, because I was working there on the weekends, and then during the summer, I would work down there, and, uh, and uh, uh, he, he, would, he would talk to me all the time. His wife, named Mrs. Wall, was the greatest cook in the world. This lady could make southern food like, I mean, she introduced me to biscuits and gravy, and she introduced me with, to southern food that was, I mean, it was amazing. Whenever she said, please come over, I said, you don't have to please. Uh, I'm coming, man. I, and she said, sit down. I'm going I'm to make you something. One day she said to me, she said, I've got a southern delight for you. you got to come over. I said, what is it? She said, it's going to be a surprise. And so she, I went over and she sat down. She had a uh, she had a bucket, and it was filled with stuff, and it was covered up. I said, what is it? She said, oh, no. She, there was mashed potatoes and the other stuff that was there. But she said, okay, you're going to love this. And she pulled off the lid, and it was, it was southern fried chicken livers. Up to that last word, I was really thrilled. <laughs> and I sat there and looked at him, and I, she said, you're going to have? I said, oh, yes, thank you. And I did the Christian thing. I ate those livers. Please don't ever invite me for Christian, <laughs> for chicken livers. I, 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 I don't think up to this point I ever told Mrs. Wall what she did to me that day. <laughs> I ate those chicken livers. And, and I, but I, they introduced me to a lot of different things. I, one day, uh, uh, Dewey, I was helping him around the yard doing some stuff, and he said, hey, boy, he said, go over there, and he said, open that shed. And he said, I want you to get some, and he told me to go get some tools. Well, I went over to the shed. I opened up the shed, and I pulled it open, and when I did, I jumped. I screamed like a girl. Ah! I screamed. I mean, I, was, I freaked out. I said, that's up. In that shed, there was a hunk of meat, like this big, ribs hanging, and, 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 and it was just hanging there. It scared, the, I thought somebody killed somebody and hung them in the shed. It was disgusting looking. I thought, what in the world is that? I went back. I said, there's something hanging in that shed. I don't think it's safe. He said, oh, boy. He said, that's, he said, that's my salted fat back. I said, what? He said, it's okay. It's, and I, he said, just don't touch it. I said, I won't. Uh, but salted fat back. I'd never heard of that in my life. And it was just hanging there. And he said, I said, is it going to, that's meat? He said, yeah. He said, it's going to rot. He said, oh no, it'll be perfect. He said, we salt that. And he told me what they did. I don't forget, I forget what they did. But he said, that salt will preserve that stuff and it's going to be perfectly fine. I said, okay. So I just stayed away from it. Uh, but, but I learned that there, that salt is a preserver. It's a preserver. Can I tell you this? As believers, we are the salt of the land where God has placed us. He's telling these people there on that hillside, you're the salt of this earth. If God preserves Israel, it'll be because of you. You need to be salt. I, I want you to understand, I believe this. I believe this, and, and throughout history, throughout human history, it's been true. God will preserve land. God will preserve a country. 
because we are salt. If we're the salt God wants us to be. We see that throughout Scripture. Remember the story of Noah? God said, that's it. He said, the imagination of the thoughts of man's heart are only evil continually. It wasn't as though they thought some good things and some bad things, but God said, no, mankind has gotten so corrupt that I'm going to wipe the entire world out with a flood. It's all over. The world is going to be destroyed. It's done. Every human being is going to die. I'm going to destroy the whole thing. I'm, I'll just make it over again, but I'm just going to destroy everything now. Only, he said, the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. He's decided he's going to wipe out the entire world, except there was one piece of salt. His name was Noah. And the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There was Noah and his wife, and there was a total of eight of them. Total of eight. And God looked at them and said, oh, wait. Oh, there's Noah. It's, God doesn't forget anything, but it's as though he said, oh, I forgot about Noah. Oh, well, I can't wipe out the whole planet with Noah. And so for 120 years, God preserved the world. His wrath didn't fall on the world. Listen, because of one piece of salt. One piece of salt. God spared the entire world for one piece of salt. That's absolutely amazing. We know during the tribulation that God is preserving the world. But one of these days, God's going to take every piece of salt out of this world. You and I will be gone. And the Bible says God's wrath is going to fall on this earth because there'll be no salt. And salt is the preserver. God, God, God told this. God told Abraham, okay, Abraham, after Abraham negotiated with God, God said, look, I'm about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to wipe out those twin cities. And God told Noah, now listen to this. God told Noah, I'll spare, or not, not Noah, I'm sorry. God told Abraham, I'll spare the city of Sodom and Gomorrah if there's just 10. If there's just 10 pieces of salt Bruce, 10 pieces of salt, 10 righteous people in that nation. I'll spare it. Salt preserves. In Jeremiah's day, God said to Jeremiah, look, he said, he said, he said, run, Jeremiah. He said, run to and fro throughout the cities of Jerusalem. He said, go all throughout the city, run through the city. And he said, if you can find just one piece of salt, just one, one piece of salt, will you be that piece of salt? Well, if, if just one piece of salt, one piece, go throughout Jerusalem. Look, look, he said, and see now and know and seek in the broad places. Go everywhere, go everywhere, just look everywhere. Will you be that piece of salt? Will you be that piece of salt? Will you be that piece of salt? Would you please, please be that piece of salt? If you'll go, please, will you be that piece of salt? He said, look, I'm going to the broad places, and, and if, if you can find a man, just one, just one, not a whole bunch, just find one. Will you be that piece of salt? How about you? How about you? Will you be that piece of salt? 
He said, if, if, there's, if I can find anyone, if there's any that execute judgment, that seeketh the truth, if there's just any, just one, just one, he said, I'll spare the city. I'll pardon the city. God had already declared his judgment. God had already said their destruction is coming. It's all over. But he said, listen, it's like he rethinks it and he says, look, if there's just one, one, one piece of salt, I'll spare the city. Wow. We're supposed to be salt. God will preserve our nation. I really believe this. As Christians, if there's just one piece of salt, you know, there's about 20 6% of the population of America that believes what you and I believe in the basics. They believe that Jesus Christ is God. They believe that we're sinners, that because we're sinners, we don't deserve to go to heaven, that Jesus Christ came to this earth as a man to die and pay for our sins, that he was buried and that three days later he rose from the dead. And that the only way we can get to heaven is by coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that you're God and I know that you died to pay for my sin and I want to ask you to give me eternal life. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There are about 26%, which means uh, that, that, that's a total, I'm 27%, that's a total of 86 million people in America that believe what you and I believe about the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that are born-again Christians. People say, do you think that God's going to destroy America? I believe that we are the salt of the earth, and we need to be salty. Look, I want you to see what the Bible says. Jesus said this, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's, it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. What's he saying? In Israel, there is, their salt is impure. The, the salt in Israel is mixed with other minerals. And the more minerals that are mixed in with it, the less effective it is. And so Jesus is referencing that salt. He's saying, look, the salt is good, but if it's lost its savor, if it's, if it's mixed with so many other things, then it's not salty, and it's not effective. So what they would do with that stuff that was too intermixed with minerals is they would take it and they would throw it on the roadways, and it would keep down the dust, and, and that's the only thing it was good for. God says, listen, we need not to be mixed up with all of this stuff. We just need to be salt. Well, how can I be salt? How can I be salt? Because God, listen, it's amazing. Just one piece of salt would have saved Jerusalem. Then if all of us together, if we just keep on shaking, if, if all of us together are the salt that God wants us to be, what can happen? What can happen? I, 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 God, God, can, God can preserve. God can work. And I believe God is. I believe, I, you don't hear it on the news. You don't hear about what God is doing all around this nation. All you hear is the bad stuff. You hear about the bad Democrats and the bad Republicans and the bad independents and the bad everybody. All you hear about Christians is the bad Christians. If somebody, if somebody messes up, does something stupid. But I'm telling you all around this country, there are people like you and me, we're the salt. We're the salt of the earth. 
And there are people that are doing right. All over this country tonight, today, right now, there are people meeting in churches like this. They're salt. They're being encouraged to do right. So how do we be salt? How, how, how should we be salt? Let me give you three things. Number one, God said this, if my people, which are called by my name, we talked about this last week just for a moment, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. God says, listen, to you that are salt, look, here's what we need to do. We need to daily be praying for our nation. We need to daily be praying for those around us to get saved. We need to daily be praying that God would use us. That means getting down before God, humbling ourselves before God, praying and seeking his face, turning from our wicked ways. God, show me the things that are unpleasing to you in my life. Get rid of those things. The Bible says when we do that, he will hear from heaven, forgive our sins and heal our land. If God's not healing our land, if God's not doing a work in our land, it's because we're not humbling ourselves and praying. But I believe that Christians are. I believe that people are humbling themselves before God. And I want to encourage you, do that. Don't stop. Don't, don't say, hey, I'm just one little piece of, no. You, before the Lord, pray. Seek his face. God, what do you want me to do? Turn from your, from your wicked ways, the things in your life that are not right with God. Confess them. And then God said he'll hear from heaven. He'll forgive our sins, heal our land. And I know this passage was for Israel, but I want you to understand the practice, the principle is for us. We need to to believe God. And we need to be salt. The second thing we need to do is study the word of God. The Bible says to show thy study, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Know what the word of God says. It's available to you. Get into the word of God. Study the word of God. Read the word of God. uh, and, And just get it. Listen, however you do, if you, if you want to read it or you p- put it on your smartphone. How many of you got smartphones or got phones that are smarter than you? Raise, raise your hand. Okay, we got, I, got a, I got a phone that is much smarter than me. Uh, it talks to me sometimes and it makes me feel dumb. Uh, like you can't do that type of thing. I, I, so I, but I, I'm telling you, on that smartphone, I can listen to the Bible. I, I, I listened to about 10 chapters of Revelation today just coming in to work, just be, because you have it. It's available to you. Study the Word of God so you know what God's Word says. That way you'll be salt. If you pray, you're salt. You, you study, you're your salt. And then live. Live the example. Here's why we're salt. He says, let no man, in Timothy, Paul said, let no man despise thy youth. Don't let people look down at you because you're young. But be thou an example of the believer in word, that is, in what you speak. See, your word reflects your salt. In conversation, in your lifestyle, in charity, in the way you love people, in spirit, that is your attitude. It's, I'm not panicked out, I'm not freaked out, I'm not mad all the time. I, I, in your attitude, in faith, that is in your belief that God's in control, and in purity. Be an example. That is what God wants us to do. If I want to be salt, I've got to be someone that's praying daily. If I want to be salt, then I've, I've got to be somebody who is knowing what God's Word says so I can do what God's Word says. If I want to be salt, then I, I, need, to, uh, I need to be an example. And, and then I need to speak truth. I need to speak truth. And when I speak truth, I need to do it with love. The Bible says, speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things. We need to speak God's truth. Why? Because the, the media, the world is speaking lies. Use whatever you have to, 
to speak God's truth. Use the internet. Use your, whatever God's given you, whatever vehicle God's used, to, use it. Use Facebook. Use, uh, use uh, X, formerly Twitter. Uh, use use uh, whatever it is that's out there. What's that other thing? That, uh, Instagram. Use Instagram. Use, use email. Use whatever you have to speak the truth, and when you speak it, speak in love. There's enough sarcasm, there's enough hatred, there's enough venom out there. Speak the truth in love. Let your, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, but speak the truth. Be what God wants you to be. Jesus said, Jesus said, I want you to be, to, uh, to be salt. We are salt. God's using us. Don't let the devil tell you he's not. Allow God to use you. Just keep doing what God wants you to do. Number two, he says this. He says you are light. He says you are light. I love this. I love this because of what it means. You see, Jesus said this. Jesus said uh, unto them, I am the light of the world. Jose, what a privilege. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But when he left, he didn't just leave the world lightless. He left and he came to live inside of you through the Holy Spirit so you could reflect his life. The Bible says that the hope of glory is Christ in you. Juan, that means the hope of God's glory touching other people's life is not going to be through Jesus coming here. It's not through God the Father. It's through his life, his light shining through you. Isn't that amazing? If, if you're at where you work, I don't know if there's any other Christians where you work, but if where you work, there's no other Christians, there's no hope for light except through you. That puts a heavy responsibility on us, doesn't it? If, if anybody's going to see the light, they're only going to see it through you. Maria, wherever you are, they're going to they're see it in you. The, and Rob, I don't know if there's much hope, uh, but... <laughs> But they're, they're, wherever you are, they're going to see it. They're going to see his light in you. See, we are the light. We are the light. We are the hope of his glory. That is Christ in us. Believers are now the reflection of his life. We've got to determine to spread the light. We have to determine we're going to do what God wants us to do. Jesus isn't going to come down here on this planet in the next 20 days and start inviting people to come to the Christmas experience. Do you understand that? He's not going to go through your neighborhood. He's not personally going to walk on his two nail-scarred feet and knock on doors with his nail-scarred hand. He's not going to do that. But Paul, he has you here. He has you here. We're talking, you say, why do you do Christmas experience? Number one, just to be light. We do the Christmas experience to be light. I love the fact that Christmas is all about lights, isn't it? Everywhere. Pastor Matt sent me a picture of his house. Uh, and it is, I mean, it is lit up. He's bragging about 6,000 lights. There used to be a show on called Tim Taylor, the Tool Man. I think he thinks he's, anyway, the, the, the place is lit, I mean, beautifully lit up with, with deers and antelope playing and all, all the whole thing. It's right out front. It's, it's amazing. Light, it's all about that. Look, 
Christmas, when we, we, Pastor Matt says, this is going to be a winter wonderland. Why do we do that? Why do we go through all the expense, all the time, all the effort? Why does the Christmas queen uh, come out here and do her thing? Because we want to be a light to the community. We want to be a light to all those that are involved. We want to be a light. The whole thing is sharing truth. But here's the deal. You say, I can't do much. I'm just a little piece of salt. Yeah, but you can go where you go. You know, my wife this week and I, my, my wife and I this week, we went to, we, have, we live in a, in a gated community and there's 59 houses in there. So we got, we got, uh, we got 59 of these and we got, uh, we got 59 tracks. And we, and we went from door to door and we just shoved them in their doors. I only talked to a couple of neighbors because people weren't home. I just, just, I didn't even knock on the doors. Just went up, put them in their door. You know, every time I do that, you know what the devil says? Somebody's going to open the door and say, what are you doing in my yard? You know, what, are you, what are you doing? Why are you here? I don't like you and I, I don't want you soliciting. I, I, the devil tells me that every time. I've been doing this for 46 years in this valley and every time I knock on a door, the devil tells me, they hate you, they don't want you, they don't like you, and, uh, and they don't want to hear you talk about Jesus. Every time. And I just keep doing it. And I found out that they're wrong, the devil's wrong. People do want to hear. I, I, I talked to one neighbor. He said, oh, I said, do I know you? He said, oh, yeah, we've met several times. I hate it when that happens, but it happens all the time. I now talk to people and say, I say, have we met? And they say, yes. And I say, okay, I meet people over and over and over again. And I was born with Alzheimer's. But, um, the, uh, the, uh, uh, but you know what? Every person that I gave this to, was, well, every, every person I, 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 I talked to, they're excited. I, I, I was... I pulled into a, a gas station on Friday. I'm sorry, on Saturday, yesterday morning. I pulled into the gas station to get some gas. And you know when you go up to the gas station and you, and you, you, you just want to get in and get out because you think, I forgot to fill up. I should have filled up before. I got to get someplace. And so I went in. I, pulled, I put the gas in, and then I pushed the button. It said, do you want a receipt? I said, yes, I need a receipt. And this, it said, Talk to the checker. It's like they insult you, like the machine laughs at you. Ha, 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 ha. Right, go talk to the checker, you know. So I said, I thought, okay, I'm going in. So I walked into the checkers. I walked in. I pulled out one of these Christmas It's All About Jesus tracks. And uh, I, I walked up, and the guy was in the room, uh, in the thing by himself. And <clears throat> I, I walked up, and I said, hey, can I get a receipt on number 18? And he said, he said, sure. And I said, hey, can I give you something really good? I said, Merry Christmas. And he looked at this. And he said, oh, he said, thank you. I said, did you get a Christmas card yet? He said, no, thank you. He said, Merry Christmas to you too. And I thought, the devil lies because the devil told me he didn't want that. The devil told me you should get mad at that machine outside that's, that's laughing at you. But that machine gave me an opportunity to tell that man about Jesus. That, that guy gives it an opportunity to go to heaven. Wow. Look, we need to understand we are to be light. You need to tell other people about Christ. I'm telling you, you should make a commitment to get involved in the Christmas experience. You should not leave today, but before you talk to somebody, get, there's, there's all these flyers out there. I think they're in groups of 10. Take a, and make a commitment to God and say, God, I'm going to do this. This is an opportunity. <clears throat> I think this is the best time of the year to witness. 
I had somebody after the morning service said, hey, it's not. I, I think that spring is the best time of the year. I said, fine. Every time is the best time of the year. But uh, I said, we, we need to tell people about Jesus. I'm telling you, people are receptive, especially if you just say, hand them a card and say, hey, have you gotten a Christmas card yet? No. They even forgot that there were Christmas cards. And you hand them a Christmas card and you just tell them about Jesus. People are waiting. You're the salt of the earth. You stand for truth. You do what's right. You live what's right. And people are watching your life. And then when they do watch your life, then go and tell them. Let them know that the reason is because of Jesus. You are, you are the light. You're the light. I think it's interesting. Look what Jesus says. He says, you're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Then he says in verse 16, look, the choice is yours. Look at this. You're light, but the choice is yours. Let, that little word let, means allow. You have to allow your light to shine before men. They may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. They, you have to allow them to see Jesus. Look, you have to determine. You have to determine, this week I'm going to be a witness. This is a great opportunity. This is a terrific opportunity. You're going to have the opportunity in just a couple of weeks to, to tell people about Christ. My wife and I were walking through Sam's Club, uh, and, and uh, we, were, we were going in there to pick up two specific items. Actually, we, were, we have some neighbors that moved into our neighborhood, and, uh, and we wanted to welcome them and get them a gift basket to, to welcome them because we've been gone and we haven't been very good neighbors. And so uh, they just moved in. And so we were getting some gift baskets and we walked by. Well, there was a lady that was standing right where the gift baskets were. And I kept walking by her and back and forth. And uh, she smiled and she was nice. And, and, uh, uh, and I had to get around her a couple times. And then I said, uh, as we were walking by her the last time, I said, hey, I said, can I give you something really good? She said, what's that? I said, there's a Christmas card just because you've been so nice. And she said, oh, I love Jesus. And she said, I have been looking for a church. She said, we've been looking for a church. She said, I have four children. She said, two are college age. And she said, two, two are teenagers. Do you have anything for the youth? And I said, oh, yeah, we have a fantastic youth program. We have the most wonderful teenagers in the world. Teenagers, can you say amen to that? Okay, so, so we, I, said, you need to, I said, you need to meet our team. You, you, your kids will love it. We have great stuff going on all the time. And, and uh, I invited her to the Christmas experience, but I didn't have any Christmas experience cards with me. But I, I, said, I said, come, you'll love it. And she said, well, I'm not going to wait till then. I'm coming tomorrow. I said, well, I, or for, I'm going to come this Sunday. I said, well, that's great. I hope she's here. I hope you're here. The fact of the matter is it was, it was just, it's God. God wants you to shine as lights. But you have to say, I'm going to do this. People say, how come you pass out so many tracks? Because I decided I'm going to do it. By my front door, there's tracks. There's tracks in my car because I forget to get them. I, 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 I deliberately put tracks in my track rack every day. Uh, because, and if, if you're new here, you need to understand that's a track rack. That's not for pencils. That's not for anything else. That's for tracks. God ordained that all godly shirts have track racks in them. <laughs> My wife will buy me a shirt without a track rack. I say, get rid of that demon-possessed thing. I need a track rack. And you ladies, God's given you a track pack. You say, what's that? That's your purse. It's your, your track pack. That's what it's for. They've got everything else in the world in there. Make sure you have a place on the side that you put the tracks in because things get lost down in there. 
Do you have a track pack? And you say, why do you have a track pack? So when your tra husband's track rack is empty, you can, he can reach into your track pack and fill his track rack. You need to pass out tracks. So we, we need to be faithful about doing that. Carry, carry tracks. Let your light shine. Now, we need to let our light shine. We need to, number one, remember we're salt. Number two, we need to remember that we are light and make a determination to be light. Number three, I want you to see this. Jesus said this. It's an interesting statement. He said, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Let's read it. He said, thank you. Or, think not that I'm come to destroy the law, but to, or the prophets. I am not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. This law is to be fulfilled. Jesus here very, Jesus lets us know he's not against the law. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't say you're not making it to heaven. It says you're the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So you're, you can do with the law what you want, but Jesus said if you teach people to obey the law and you obey it yourself, hey, you're going to be great in the kingdom of heaven. If you teach people not to, you still are in the kingdom of heaven, and you don't obey it, then you're the least in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except the, your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall be in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. What's he talking about? What's he saying? Jesus was not against the law. Jesus was against the misuse of the law. The Pharisees misused the law. They said that you have to keep the law in order to get to heaven. You have to keep the law in order to become a child of God. You have to work at trying to please God, and the Word of God te teaches us very clearly that we're all sinners. We can't work our way to heaven by keeping the law. There are people who are trying to work their way to heaven by going to church, by being baptized, by doing good works. That won't get you to heaven. The Bible says it this way. God says this, knowing that a man is not absolute, is not justified by the works of the law, period, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in, in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, not by the works, not by works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. That's a period. No way you're going to get to heaven by the works of the law. Jesus had a conflict with the Pharisees because they were saying that's the only way to get to heaven. Jesus said, no, the way you get to heaven is by believing on me. What's the law for? In Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says the law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. The, the law was given to us to make us see how sinful we are and that we needed Jesus to save us. That's it. That's what it's given to us for. We're to teach people. Now, he doesn't say we're not to teach people to keep the law. Jesus said we're to teach people to obey the law, not to be saved, but because they are saved. And we need to understand that we can't keep the law ourselves, but when you got saved, the Spirit of God came to live inside of you, and when you surrender to Him every day, He can live the law because it's His law. He does that. 
When we get saved, the Bible says, the law of God is written in our hearts. It says, for when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. See, we didn't know the law, but, but having, having not the law, they that have, having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts. When we get saved, God came to live inside of us, and the law of God is written in our hearts. So we do those things, and when we violate what God says is right or wrong, it convicts us, and we confess it to God, and we're, we're, we're clean before God. Uh, we, are, we are not saved by keeping the law, but the law is a good thing. Now, what Jesus is going to do in the rest of this is he's going to say, the, the, the Pharisees tell you to obey the letter of the law in order to get to heaven. I'm telling you, you can't obey the letter of the law in order to get to heaven. What you need to understand is the spirit of the law. And Jesus is going to talk about the spirit of the law and how obeying, when we surrender to him, the spirit allows us to obey the spirit of the law and we walk in grace. Believers don't have to obey the letter of the law. They have to obey the spirit of the law. And when they do, when we do, we are light in the midst of darkness and we are salt on the earth. Jesus wrote the law. Jesus obeyed the law as intended. He was a shining light, and he wants you and I to be that light. God wants you to take this personally today. God wants you to determine, hey, Lord, thank you for allowing me to be salt. I'm going to be the salt you want me to be, and I'm not going to let the devil tell me that my little piece of salt isn't important. Yeah, because when we're doing it all together and we keep shaking the salt, I'm telling you, God is working. And I'm not going to let the, the devil tell me not to shine my light because Jesus said to shine my light. Shine your light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And surrender to him because when you surrender to him, the law that's written in your heart, he'll fulfill through your life. Don't depend on the law for salvation, but allow the light to shine through you. And when you do, when you allow Jesus to shine through you, the law will be fulfilled in your life and people will say, wow, there's something different about that person and you'll draw them to Jesus. Let's be salt. Let's be light. Let's pray. Father, help us to be the salt and the light that you've called us to be. Help us to be the witness you want us to be day by day. I pray that Christians will make a commitment today to be involved in sharing light and being salt. In Jesus' name. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.